Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here for the Friday episode. End of the week. I was just talking with today's co-host, and we were both trying to figure out what day of the week it is. Yesterday, I thought it was Friday. I was very wrong. It's actually Friday today, which I am excited about. But I'm also excited to have my friend back, who it's been too long, far too long, since Camille Davis was on the pod. What's up? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm happy to be back on the pod. It's been... A surprisingly busy few weeks in basketball. I thought that I was going to be scrapping for things to talk about every day, but we seem to be able to just roll through and some sort of news comes through and it's totally fine. Uh, but uh, I did say during the week, I know you were busy for a few weeks there, but uh, it's, it's, it's been too long. It's been too long. I'm glad you're here. Definitely, yeah. You know, life kind of <laughs> had some things going on, so we had to take care of them, but we're here. And I am excited to talk Bucks basketball. And for a while, too, I had to take a little Bucks break because it was like <laughs> yeah. the disappointment was too much. You know, I just had to take a take a you know moment away. But once the finals ended, it was kind of like, OK, now now it's on to the next season. Now it's on to how we can improve. Now it's on to thinking about what we can look like, what other teams might look like. And hey, anything can happen at this point. Optimism is very high <laughs> in the offseason. That's good. I like that. I, I don't think that generally optimism is sky high among Bucks fans right now. So I appreciate <laughs> that. We're going to touch on that in a little bit. Before we do, we have to get to the most important part of today's show. The other day you tweeted and you said, you said, shoot. And I responded to you and I was laughing as soon as I saw that because as an Australian and, and for those that yeah, potentially. Who knows? Someone might be listening to this podcast for the first time. Yes, I am an Australian. Yes, I am hosting a Milwaukee Bucks podcast. But every time I come to Milwaukee, every time I come to Wisconsin, there's some words that I, I just absolutely associate with Milwaukee and they make me laugh every time I see it, particularly in tweet form. Because if you go to the level of using these words in tweet form, uh, it's next level. And, and shoot is definitely one of them. Uh, you r- rattled off a few others. Uh, my favorite doggone that you said. Now, if, if we can get you to use that in today's podcast, I'll be very, very happy. I'd have to be pretty upset to get a doggone off. That's that's the Midwestern influence. <laughs> I I don't really cuss much. So I had like a lot of like doggone and, and dang and shoot. Like I'm also one of those people who like if I bump somebody, I'm like, oh, my bad. Like, sorry. Like, oh, didn't yeah. mean to do that. Sorry. So yeah, I don't know if we'll get a doggone today, but... <laughs> Well, if uh, well, let me say this: if it takes you to be, you know, kind of uh, fired up or annoyed, potentially, I hope that it doesn't come out then. But you never know; we don't know what topics we're going to get into. But uh, first of all, I do want to ask because we've been rattling through a bunch of potential targets. Obviously, really every off season, but maybe more so, the urgency is there this off season with the Bucks to think through of potential targets. How can they add to the roster? How can they make this team better? And clearly, again, there's the dark shadow of what Giannis is going to do hanging over the mm-hmm. franchise right now. So I haven't had a chance to speak to you. 
So as you, uh, I know you listened to at least one podcast and, uh, you know, you, you were happy with the player I mentioned, which made me very happy. Aaron Baines, of course, that was. But as you're thinking through all these thoughts for yourself, who's the, who's the prime target? And I always like to throw in the word realistic there um, because we, we, can all, we can all go off into fantasy land. But, but what player are you looking at and saying, okay, that's the guy, we're going to find a way? If there was a way for the Bucks to acquire Drew Holiday, I would be extremely happy. He is my number one. So like I've been a big Drew Holiday fan for a few years now. I just love the fact that he is so talented defensively. He's long, he's versatile, and offensively, he is going to knock down that three at a lot more consistent rate than our current point guard, who I also love. I am a big fan of defensive point guards. Like I just something about being able to lock up that offense because so much offense comes through that point guard position, that guard position, watching another guard be able to kind of lock them up. is like so, so fun for me to watch. So definitely was a Bledsoe fan. I had high hopes that going into the season that just completed that he would take some steps forward uh, with his ability to shoot. But as we saw, that wasn't quite the case with Bledsoe. And after this season, it just kind of feels like, while I still think he's a great player, he might not be the best fit for this team. And I really saw the value that we could have if we would be able to upgrade the point guard position. Drew Holiday, you don't take that hit defensively. I mean, because Bledsoe is, is so good there. Drew, you don't lose too much there. Like, he, he's still a dog. But offensively, you gain something there. I know he has a little more turnover problem, you know, but I really would love to get Drew Holiday. I think it's interesting and just listening to your thoughts there. And clearly, you know, Drew Holiday is a guy. I remember when Frank and, and myself first spoke about it, I probably got wrapped up in, you know, something that, that we all can. And I was like, well, you know, yeah, Drew Holiday, but also he's not the best shooter. And then and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you're not going to be acquired the perfect player this offseason. Exactly. Okay, so just relax. So Drew Holiday is certainly a high level player that would make the team better. I've got no doubt about that. I do like that you said that you like Bledsoe as well, though, because I have been feeling almost this level of guilt that it's almost every show we talk about shipping this guy off. And I'm like, I love Eric Bledsoe. What are you talking about? He's played some incredible basketball. And in a lot of ways, I think it is important to note that, yeah, his limitations with shooting hurt the team, particularly in the postseason where he's really struggled. Mm -hmm. But in another situation, when he's not playing next to the star player who, let's be honest, also has really struggled to shoot in the playoffs. Like, let's not get away from this. This is also Giannis's limitations that, that amplifies the issues the Bucs have with Bledsoe. It's exactly that. And Giannis is the guy who's going to be here. So we yeah. need to optimize the guys <laughs> exactly. who are around him. So, like, I, I hate that it has to be Bled. I really do like him as a player, but I just don't think that the way that the Bucs fit together necessarily work with him. And I think that Drew Holiday would be an upgrade there. I'm also completely terrified that, the Nets could get Drew Holiday at the same. Like, there's a lot of teams that want Drew Holiday, and it's for good reason. And I was just thinking about what the Nets could offer in comparison to what the Bucks could offer. And it just, I, I, if I were the Pelicans, I'd probably be leaning more towards what Brooklyn could offer over Milwaukee. But a girl can hope. Well, this is where it comes back to, and this is where the whole idea of me suggesting Aaron Baines came from, because. I do agree. I mean, if you're trying to centralize a package for Drew Holiday around just Bledsoe and, you know, you probably have to lose DiVincenzo there, a first-round pick, maybe maybe another mm-hmm. first-round pick, a future first as well. Like, you're going to have to put something together. 
But what does New Orleans actually want from Eric Bledsoe? I mean, you know, maybe maybe not a lot. So then you have to think, what else can you do? And that's where Brooke Lopez comes into it. Another guy, again, that I love. I do not Same. want to lose Brooke Lopez, to make that absolutely clear. But you have to think to yourself, well, what's more important for this team? Keeping Brooke Lopez or, and let's be honest, Brooke Lopez, maybe, we're not 100% sure, maybe declining three-point shooting. We don't know. He had a horrible year shooting from the, from the outside. So what's more important, more playmaking, uh, more uh, ability to run the offense in the postseason? I think, yes, I think we've seen that. And I think that that's more critical for this team to be a contender next year. So if you had to throw Brooke Lopez into that scenario to get Drew, I, I think I'm probably down. I think I'm probably doing it. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. And a little bit of my hesitation with that, though, comes from the fact that I think that if you get rid of Lopez and the defensive scheme has to change a bit like that drop scheme works so beautifully because Bled or because uh Brooke is so good in it like mm-hmm. he he fits it perfect like he's the perfect center for this defense for this system but if you get rid of him then I'm curious as to what coach Bud would do to change that like is it more Giannis at the five who can you pick up off the street who else can you possibly trade for like what is that scheme going to look like then if Brooke Lopez isn't in the back being the last line of defense and dropping every time all right, Camille, let's talk about the latest product from Built, and that's Built Go. Now, you've heard me talk about this before. Built Go is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not fake. It's lasting and natural. I can tell you that from my own personal experience. Uh, they sent a little package out to me here in Australia, and it's a fantastic product. I've been using it uh, before I, I work out, but I would imagine it's... Uh, pretty good for you whatever you're doing you don't have to be working out but just to get through your work day rather than having that extra coffee rather than uh, going down that path why don't you just have a built go built go combines energy gel with collagen protein built go is loaded with good stuff to ignite your work it's the best workout gel on the market as five hour energy without the same crash feeling that you would get from other products plus it's natural so it's better for the body it's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results they have three delicious flavors peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate milk. Uh, The offer we have for you guys, all you have to do, visit builtgo.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. I mentioned this question yesterday, so I'll throw it at, at you as well because I think that this is ultimately what you have to ask yourself if you are a Bucks fan right now and you're thinking about what moves they can make. I think almost any trade that the Bucks make, like I'm just not sure that there's an absolute definitive home run out there for Milwaukee where everyone is going to say, this is unbelievable. This is perfect. Like I'm just not sure it's there because as we spoke about, the assets are low. So if you have to make a trade like that where you say, okay, this is, this is a good trade, but I'm also quite fearful about <laughs> what we've had to give up or what we might lose here. And this is really relates to any trade scenario. So it's not, it's not crazy, but you may have to settle for something that's not quite ideal to give yourself a chance of doing something different next year. And I, mm-hmm. I still think like for me, I still take that over running a back. Where, where do you sit? Who? Um, so I'm going to think through this in real time here. So the idea with running it back, you can 
think about last season and say that it was an atypical season. I think everybody could agree with the situations around everything that was going on with the pandemic, the NBA shutting down in March and picking back up in this bubble situation, pandemic, civil unrest, the list goes on and on. Would this have been the outcome for the Bucks if it was a normal NBA season? I, I, I can't answer that question. Yeah. I feel like this was, we talked about it before when we were on here and I feel like the Bucks are a team that really feed off that crowd's energy. So I can also like, if someone were saying like, let's just bring it back because that was an atypical season. Normally this would not be happening. Now the season might also be starting <laughs> in a weird fashion coming up. Cause we don't know where we'll be with the virus in January, February, whenever they're looking to start the next season. But if you can get to the playoffs when you have your crowds back, Fans in attendance, does it make a difference for how this team operates? If Bud makes more adjustments, can this team reach higher levels with this current roster? I'm not sure. I personally don't have much faith in Bud adjusting too much. I would love for that to be the case, but I am really not sure about that. So that also thinks about if you're changing up the roster, you're going to have to make some schematic changes. Otherwise, certain pieces just won't fit as well as they did before. Ah. I think if I had to pick one or the other, though, I would still lean towards the blow it up option because we saw this team two years ago lose four games in a row to Toronto. We saw this team this year, and we're seeing just how the pieces are operating around each other. Again, I don't have too much confidence in Bud's ability to really adjust more with this current roster as constructed because it's, it's easy to fall back in what you've been doing. It's been successful in the regular season. It's been successful, but... I don't know. We have a shot. We have to keep you Like there's a lot going on in the background too. Like we got to try to keep Giannis. So if, I don't know, I don't know how much input Giannis has with the roster. I don't, I don't know how much they go to him with that, but I'm sure anything they would do, they would run it by him. So I would assume if the Bucks did choose to blow it up, Giannis was already kind of in the loop about that and was kind of like, okay, let's, let's take this chance. Yeah. Put it this way. If I'm John Horst, and I'm sitting in John Hall's chair. I'm saying, hey, Giannis, what do you want exactly. us to do? <laughs> Just you, you, listen, you, you tell us what we can do to get you to sign this offseason, what we need to do for the roster. I'll make it happen, man. Like, whatever it is, we will make mm-hmm. it happen. I, I, think, I think that's honestly the easy answer. But yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I know that it, it's difficult to take anything away from this postseason run. And at Darvin Ham, I was listening to him on the, the Truth and Basketball podcast with George Carl the other day, and he said, and you know, you can sort of <laughs> you can sort of shrug your shoulders at this. I mean, of course he's going to say this, but he did say that he felt that the Bucks were uh, I'm not sure if disadvantage is the right word, but it was more difficult for them than any other team, obviously losing home court, losing the fans, and we know how well they play at home. I think that there's something to that, but I also think there's something to the fact that they basically lost in the same way the last two off seasons. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, fine. You might've had a few fans there, but uh, we can't really change the, the open threes that you get in or the fact that you won't switch on defense. You know, like the fans can't make those choices because trust me, they want to. So I, I you know, that's the interesting position that the Bucks uh, find themselves in. But what I did want to ask you today so we've spent so much time focusing on the Bucks and how they may look next season. But a couple of weeks ago, I think I was with Justin, we spoke on the pod about the fact that the rest of the contenders in the East, not exactly getting worse. If you look at a team like Brooklyn, they're going to be much better than they were last season. Miami, just, you know, there's some things that they could do, but by virtue of age, when you think of Bam, you think about Tyler Hero, probably going to get better. 
Boston, who knows? If they add a big man, still young stars, they can get better. And, uh, and Philadelphia, well, we don't know, but they're there. So the, the point is that it's not going to get any easier for the Bucs. So for you, what would be your worst case scenario for another team? Uh, either It can be how they're situated right now. It can be an addition that they could make. What would make you really sit back and say, doggone, I'm not happy about this situation? <laughs> The, I didn't even Nets know. Get, say, I don't even know if I used that correctly. By the way, let me just say that. Hey, I didn't even think. You know, it didn't sound unnatural to me. So yeah, yeah, you you got that off right. good, <laughs> good, very good. well. There's a there's a few. So I, I mentioned Drew Holiday going to the Nets earlier because they have the assets to attain him, and he is a player who, if, as the third the third option behind KD and and Kyrie, or maybe the second. Depends on how you want to do it, but. I think that a backcourt with him and Kyrie could be really dangerous because Kyrie's not the greatest defensive player, but if you get put him on the weaker guard, whatever night that is, and let Drew pick up the the slack otherwise, like it's a pretty good deal for you. And he brings so much to the team. Another one that's kind of been uh, flown out there is Buddy Hill going to the 76ers. Now, we saw what did the 76ers in last season. They just, they really couldn't shoot. There was, there was no spacing. It just, it did not work out. And many people predicted that before the season got underway, just looking at that roster, like it just didn't make too much sense. But if Philly could fill themselves out with more shooters, if Doc can figure out a way to have Embiid and Simmons play together in a more conductive way, like I know prior to the break, everybody was talking about Simmons playing the four next to Embiid at the five. So like if, if how creative can they get? I, I'm a, I don't want to say I'm a fan of Embiid, but when he tries, he is just such a dominant player. And Simmons just has some gifts that, although I thought he might be further along now, a couple of years ago, he's still a very impressive player. And Doc has some experience working with difficult personalities, difficult rosters. So he could put something together there. You give them a shooter like Buddy Heald, to help stretch the floor a little bit. If they pick up some other free agents, they can make a push too. The East is the top of the East is going to be good. It's going to be very good. So the Brooklyn situation you mentioned, I think is really interesting because I mean, clearly they're getting Kevin Durant and yes, there's a, there's a little <laughs> bit of a question mark there of how he's going to return. I think anytime someone comes back from an Achilles and I think sometimes also we just forget the guys, I think he's 32 now. I mean, he's been around, mm-hmm for a significant period of time to have an injury like that, which is certainly scary for him. But, you know, to be fair, he could probably afford to lose a little bit of athleticism and still be a top five player in the league just because he's so damn dangerous uh, on offense. So I I think, yeah, no doubt the Nets are going to be good. And I think the the biggest trade chip they have, I know there's talk about Spencer Dinwiddie, clearly a pretty good player. He's had some, some good moments, but Karis LeVert, is the guy, and he's, he's around that, I believe, this off the top of my head, I think he's around that $16 million, $17 million mark as well. So a really, really tradable number when you look at trying to match salaries for a guy, as you said, it might be Drew. But the, the problem that the Bucks have when you compare Karis Levert to Eric Bledsoe is that Levert has been a guy that in, in big moments, in playoff games, and also in other big regular season games, he has taken over. He's been a guy that is literally going to take over the offense, can get his own shot. And that's the type of player you need uh, in the NBA in 2020. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Just thinking about other players who would come to the East. Does, there's been talk about Chris Paul to the Bucs. It's, it's been, you know, everybody thinks that's what the Bucs need. It could be a piece to do. Is there any other team in the East that you would 
actually be like, wow, they, they've got Chris Paul and that's a problem. Outside of, Milwaukee, outside of Milwaukee, if another team in the East gets Chris Paul, are you concerned? I mean, I'm trying to think who would be a team that would actually be in a position to acquire him. The only team I can really think off the top of my head that, that I, I already just don't think they're going to do it because it's going to take them probably out of the Yana sweepstakes, which there's no chance in hell that they were going to do. But I would have said originally, and he was a player that uh, was linked to this franchise, would be Miami because we don't know what's going to happen with Goran Dragic. If you did put Chris Paul in there with Bam and Jimmy, it's a pretty terrifying trio to have, particularly yeah. based on the way that Chris Paul played last season. But again, Chris Paul has, I believe, two years left on that deal. I think the last year might be a player option. I don't know. Would they be able to come up with some agreement that, hey, listen, you know, why don't you just like not worry about that second year and then we'll figure something <laughs> out and we can have Jimmy, Chris Paul, Giannis in a couple of years' time. Who knows? But So for that reason, I don't think that Miami would even be in the running for Chris Paul. But certainly, that is one that springs to mind that would be pretty scary. What about you? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some chatter about him going to Philly too, which – that doesn't really move the needle too much for me. Chris Paul himself just kind of makes me nervous. <laughs> he had a great season last year, but we've saw how the injuries have taken a toll in years past. So I'm kind of like, if you do make the, the trade for him, are you going to actually get him for a full season? Is he going to be able to remain healthy the whole time? But a healthy Chris Paul, mm, it's just that contract is just it, – it, <laughs> It's just really hard to work around. Miami's a good one. I didn't think too much about Miami, just thinking about how much they're in on the Giannis sweepstakes, but that's a pretty good one. The other one I thought about was Philly, but like I mentioned, it doesn't necessarily bother me too much. I can't really think of anywhere Chris Paul going that would make me scared, I guess I could say, in the East. Well, the other team that clearly is going to be in the running and, and I can see d- diving in and trying to get him, I, I don't think that Chris Paul would be necessarily excited about this prospect, but it's the Knicks, right? I mean, they're, they're, yeah. a team, they're a team that's going to have money and they could acquire him, but I don't think anyone's sitting back and saying, oh, the Knicks got Chris Paul. Wow, I'm, I'm terrified of New York now. Yeah, that's when I was thinking about. I was like, I'm not scared of the Knicks with Chris Paul at all. Like, it's not, no, yeah. that's not a concern. I think, and, and you can talk about Brooklyn, and getting Kevin Durant. You can talk about Miami and the fact that they should probably improve, but I still think the biggest threat to the Bucs in the East is Philadelphia figuring it out. I, yeah. think that, I think that this has been the biggest threat to the Bucs for years. I think we have all sat back and, and almost laughed at the way that they've managed their roster, the way that they've continually changed pieces the fact that they continue to keep Brett Brown and, and Brett Brown uh, withdrew from the Australian national team head coach. So I can now officially say negative things about <laughs> Brett Brown. But I, I think, but I, think I, I honestly, I think that it was a shock that they kept him around as long as they did. Uh, he was clearly someone that did the job that they wanted them to do through all those years, through the process. But in the end, it, it wasn't working and they needed to make a change. So I said this, and I, I'm not particularly terrified about Doc Rivers as a, uh, strategic coach going to Philadelphia like that doesn't scare right. but I will say that he's a guy that in the past has been able to manage star players and I, and I think that's probably why they got him there because maybe more so than Brett Brown whether this is harsh or not he's going to have the respect of the players at least so if Philadelphia can find a way to get off Al Horford they would love to get off Tobias Harris as well don't get me wrong 
but and you know if they could get up both of them good for them i doubt it but one of those guys if they can get rid of the one of those guys and get off those contracts you already mentioned buddy healed as a potential uh, player there i have seen mention of drew holiday as well if, if al horford was a guy that that the pelicans who i do think are going to be looking for a big man which is why i think they could have interest in brooke lopez if they were like I'd be willing to try Al Horford next to Zion. I don't necessarily think it's an attractive option, but if they wanted to go down that path, there could be an avenue for Philadelphia to acquire Drew Holiday. For me, the Sixers figuring it out between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and also adding while removing Al mm-hmm. Horford, I think is the most terrifying prospect for the Bucs. Yeah, I could definitely see that too. And then I can't think to forget Boston. Though. Like Boston mm-hmm. is still like, Tatum's emergence hat was was remarkable to see like he is a bonafide player at this point and Jalen Brown also did not have a bad season it's like his jump doesn't get as much attention because Tatum's jump was just so much bigger <laughs> and yeah. if they could get just another like if, if they could acquire another center as well just somebody else to kind of shore things up for him they could be a problem because they have they have a lot of wings they have the guards but they kind of lack in that big man area a little bit Oh, for sure. I mean, this is why I thought if the Bucs were able to get Boston in a playoff series, Giannis was going to average 40 points and 20 rebounds. But I mean, <laughs> we saw we saw Bam at a bio just completely monster Daniel Tice, who, I, you know, he's been fantastic. He's developed really well. He's, a, he's a, certainly an NBA player. But in the postseason, he's not someone you want defending guys like that. So clearly a big man for them uh, would be big. Again, if you're the Bucs, I've said this, but I think you want Gordon Hayward to opt into his deal. You don't want Boston having any type of loose change hanging around or or being able to trade Gordon Hayward for a player that can make a difference. Because outside of that, I it's clearly getting a big man is the the number one priority for them. And, and again, a guy I mentioned, I, I wrote about this when I was writing about potential free agent destination for Aaron Baines. Again, I said, I can see the Celtics saying, all right, come back. Come back, man. Yeah. We, we understand you're not... Although he did have some good games, including against the Bucks, by the way. But he's not necessarily <laughs> a game changer, but he's a big body. He plays defense. He'll get dunked on from time to time, but he, he, will, he, will, he will play defense. He's a, he's a big body, and that's the type of guy the Celtics need. Hey, here's the thing. If you play defense, you, you might get dunked on from time to time. It's an occupational hazard. If you're playing defense, sometimes you're going to get on the wrong side of things. It's, it's an effort thing. It just well, happens. I said, I said this when uh, I tweeted that out originally about Aaron Baines being an interesting uh, target if the Bucks find themselves without Brook Lopez on the roster. Then uh, someone said, well, yeah, but then who's Giannis going to dunk on? And I said, I actually think that Giannis would have some level of respect for Baines for the way he defends because let's be honest, Giannis has been dunked on a few times. He has. Mm-hmm. It's an occupational hat. Like when you play defense, it's going to happen. You're just going to end up on the wrong side of a poster from time to time. But if you're dedicated to trying to protect that rim, you got to take that chance. All right, Camille. Uh, one last thing before we wrap up this show. Uh, Texans Packers on the weekend. Uh, <laughs> that technically pits us against each other. I don't normally yeah. like to, to, to go against you. And, and mostly I don't have to in a sporting sense. But I, I guess for this week... I guess for this week, I'm against Packers fans, but I did say the other day that I actually, like, I, it would be hard for me to care any less about this Texan season. So at the same time, I almost would be happy if my uh, Packers fans, friends, and the Packers listeners of this podcast don't have to go through uh, what, to me, from an outsider, seemed like absolute turmoil this week after one loss. Oh, man. 
Oh man, it's it's the way they lost. That that's that's <laughs> what did it. It's the way they lost. They were up ten. You know, Aaron Rodgers is doing Key and Pell skits for celebrations. <laughs> Next thing you know, it's a pick six on the way, interception on the way. Then they scored thirty eight points unanswered, and 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 here we are. It, it was a very ugly game, but Tampa Bay's defense is really really good. Um, not, nothing against your Texans, but their defense is not Tampa Bay. Uh, um, our defense isn't Tampa Bay's either, but I, I think that the Packers' defense is a little bit stronger than Houston's. But I'm really looking forward to the game this weekend because Deshaun Watson is my favorite quarterback, not named Aaron Rodgers. So definitely love watching him play. And he might even have 100 rushing yards on this Packers' defense for all that we know. You know, go easy, okay? Go easy on us. It's been a rough. <laughs> it's been a rough few months. Uh, our coach, poor old Romeo. He's, uh, you know, he's been thrown into this. I'm not sure he's ready for it. He's, he's an old man. He's an old man. He shouldn't be out there trying to save the Texan season. It's a little bit rough, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I did. I did mention this. It, it might be hard for me to care about any other sporting events this weekend. My Australian football team is in essentially the Super Bowl tomorrow, so I might not sleep tonight. Uh, I'm starting to get very anxious about this game. Uh, we'll see what happens. So here's a question because I'm a fan of championship games, period. How can someone like, how could we here in Milwaukee watch that game if we wanted to, to tune in to see that championship? Yeah, so you can watch this game. First of all, I think it's going to be on, it should be on uh, one of the Fox Sports channels. So it'll probably be on FS1 or FS2, something like that. You'll have to look that up. Um, the bad news for you guys is that the game starts at 3.30 a.m. Central on Saturday morning. Oh. So, so you know, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I, know, I know you guys like to support me. Um, you like to support my hometown, Geelong, but I, I'm not sure whether I could blame you for not getting up at 3.30 a.m. on Saturday. Might have to just DVR that one and, you know, watch it, you know, at a reasonable hour. <laughs> Hit record and don't check your Twitter feed because I'll be carrying on like a, like a moron. Win or lose. <laughs> So uh, apologies for that. If people put me on mute over the next 24 hours, I absolutely don't blame you. Hey, Camille, it's always good to catch up with you. It's always a fun podcast. There's uh, absolutely zero planning needed when I know uh, you are coming on, which is always uh, the best thing for me. So I love it. And I'm glad to see you doing well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Love it. Nice catching up with you. It's been too long. I can't go this long next time. All right. If you have any thoughts about what we spoke about today, what would be your worst case scenario? Who's your number one trade target? I think, you know, these are the same topics we've been going over here for a few weeks, but it's getting more and more interesting as the reports come out. But hit us up at LockedOnBucks on Twitter, LockedOnBucks at gmail.com as well. And we will be back next week. Who knows what state I'll be in, but I will be here on Monday. Uh, have a safe weekend. We'll speak to you guys then.